August 4th, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 through 17. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus, and from our brother Sosthenes. We are writing to the church of God in Corinth. You who have been called by God to be His own holy people, He made you holy by means of Christ Jesus, just as He did all Christians everywhere, whoever calls upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord and theirs. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you His grace and peace. I can never stop thanking God for all the generous gifts He has given you. Now that you belong to Christ Jesus, He has enriched your church with the gifts of eloquence and every kind of knowledge. This shows that what I told you about Christ is true. Now you have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly wait for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will keep you strong right up to the end, and He will keep you free from all blame on the great day when our Lord Jesus Christ returns. God will surely do this for you, for He always does just what He says, and He is the one who invited you into this wonderful friendship with His Son Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, dear brothers and sisters, I appeal to you by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ to stop arguing among yourselves. Let there be real harmony, so there won't be divisions in the church. I plead with you to be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. For some members of Chloe's household have told me about your arguments, dear brothers and sisters. Some of you are saying, I am a follower of Paul. Others are saying, I follow Apollos, or I follow Peter, or I follow only Christ. Can Christ be divided into pieces? Was I, Paul, crucified for you? Were any of you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I did not baptize any of you except Crispus and Gaius. For now no one can say, They were baptized in my name. Oh yes, I also baptized the household of Stephanas. I don't remember baptizing anyone else. For Christ didn't send me to baptize, but to preach the good news and not with clever speeches and high-sounding ideas, for fear that the cross of Christ would lose its power. In recognizing your weakness, it drives you to God, immediately to God. Believing in faith that He's the fountain He claims to be. That He's the source and the helper that He claims to be. That He is one of unlimited resources. That He does not greedily hand out to children, but He lavishes upon us. So see, your problem is that you're really not recognizing your weak. Or you recognize your weak, but you just stay there in your weakness. The thing is, your weakness ought to drive you to God. I saw someone last night and I dealt a long time with them. Precious little girl. She recognized her weakness. She recognized her frailty. She recognized her sin. She recognized there were some things in her life she couldn't overcome right now. But here was her problem. She would see her sin and because of the work of the devil and sometimes our own heart condemning us, 
she would put herself in the penalty box every time that she sinned. Well, you can't go to God right now. You can't just keep running back to Him. I mean, you sinned yesterday and you repented and asked for forgiveness. Now you've done the same exact thing today. I mean, you run back to Him, you're just a hypocrite. You don't appreciate God. You don't have a high view of God. What do you think? God just hands out pardon to everyone? And isn't that what we do? And isn't that what we think? We sin, a sin that we've already sinned and already repented of, and because of it we think we need to put ourselves in a penalty box for a little while at least, a couple of days, and try to work our way back into favor before we come to God. Because if we, th we think, actually, you mean if I go back every time I do this, just immediately... Not only going back and asking for forgiveness, but expecting forgiveness. Isn't that hypocrisy? Isn't that a low view of God? Isn't that treating God as a forgiveness machine? No, it's being biblical. It's what poverty of spirit is supposed to do to us. talking to genuine Christians who really want to be something they are not yet but when they find themselves frail and they find themselves weak and they find themselves sinning the same sin they kind of huddle over here and wait maybe read their Bible a few days pray some more show God they're really sincere before they run over there and actually try to get some forgiveness no one of the great joys of my life is when I discovered that the moment I sin the sin I always sin, my first response ought to be to latch a hold of Christ and not beggarly, not thinking, oh, here I am, you ought to strike me down. But no, I latch a hold of Christ saying, I believe your promises. I am in a different realm. I am free. I am a saint. I've been moved out of Adam and condemnation and law. All of it was paid for on that tree when he died. He knew all of it. He forgave all of it. I'm free. It's absolutely spectacular. <laughs>